This podcast helps resilient entrepreneurs thrive with Shopify. And now on to episode 214. You're listening to E-Commerce Fastlane, the podcast show to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company powered by Shopify. Listen to real conversations with partners and subject matter experts as they share proven practical strategies, platforms, and the best Shopify apps to help you accelerate your business. The time is now for you to improve efficiencies, grow revenue, profit, and lifetime customer loyalty. Please welcome your host, startup founder and strategic advisor, Steve Hutt. This episode is brought to you by Dot Digital, a customer engagement platform that's been innovating for over 20 years, helping digital marketers and developers deliver communications across the customer journey. Now, Dot Digital grew from a pub in the UK to a global organization with over 350 employees, serving 4,000 customers that span industries from e commerce all the way through to not for profit. If you need to engage smarter, convert faster, and deliver big, Dot Digital is with you every step of the way. And they're just getting started from transactional emails to SMS campaigns, segment analytics to communication APIs. Dot Digital is at the forefront of customer engagement. Learn more about their incredible solution, why they're part of the Shopify Plus certified app program. Get all the details today at dotdigital.com. Well, hey there, it's Steve, and welcome back to the e-commerce Fastlane podcast. Now, if this is your first time listening, this is an e-commerce show where we have honest and transparent conversations about building and thriving with your store powered by Shopify or Shopify Plus. Now, if you're an ambitious, lifelong learner, you're definitely in the right place. Now, new episodes are available twice weekly with your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and many more. You can also stream current episodes, including a very relevant back catalog. I think we're up to gosh, I don't know, 230-some episodes. It's quite a bit. Just rolling into our fifth season now. Very, very exciting. Now, today's episode, I'm very, very happy. I know that we're in the middle of the holiday times right now. Christmas season's literally around the corner. My guest is Ali Samor, who is the co-founder of a company called Flatlay. And I think they're at flatlay.io, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're also at theflatlay.com. But what they are is they're a company that helps creators, which we won't dig too much into today, but also they help DTC brands with one another through what they call community and commerce. So it's very interesting. It's a hot topic about social commerce. I guarantee you it's going to be a great conversation. I planned a few questions today just to make sure I, I pulled a lot of the nuggets out that we need to learn about what is social commerce and how are we able to maximize revenue through different campaigns with these great content creators. So hi, Ali. Welcome to e-commerce Fastlane. Hey, thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. So I hope I didn't butcher at the top of the show here, but I just would love to hear in your own words, being a co-founder, you, know, you obviously understand the mission and kind of where the brand is headed with this flat lay, but just let, let's talk about the problems that you're solving on a high level first for Shopify brands. Yeah, from the perspective of what we provide as a marketplace platform, the company and I really set out with the intention to empower anyone to build a digital storefront easily with content, not have to worry about the complications of all the logistics. From having experienced that as a D2C brand owner myself, we found that helping to minimize that discovery to conversion process through loyal advocates and customers and creatives was one of the best ways for us to build loyalty, brand awareness, and drive sales. And so our intention was always to bridge that gap between finding 
the best loyal customers and creative advocates to represent a brand through digital storytelling. Right. One thing I noticed too on your website, and I know you deal with some large brands. I usually like to set the stage a little bit too, the fact that large brands have made the decision with their large budgets to use your platform. So at scale, you do things well. I'm thinking like Nikes and uh, Lululemon, Peloton, and I mean, the darling of Gymshark, Aloe Yoga. I mean, there's a whole bunch of Muscle Milk. A lot of these are big, big, big Shopify plus brands that have made the decision to use Flatlay. But I'd also argue that I believe your positioning, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I see you also really uh, thinking about the early stage D2C brands is also kind of in your new sweet spot now. Big brands, yes, but real push right now is in the Shopify world in these direct-to-consumer. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. So yes, we have helped a number of large-scale Fortune 500 enterprise retailers and brands identify who their most loyal customers are, source content from them, and then help to use that to drive traffic and awareness, whether it's on their own website, their apps, or paid social. But what we've been really busy at is going back to our mission statement around how do we empower anyone to really represent brands and empower creators with all the tools they need to work hand in hand for the brands that they are really passionate or love. And so what we have begun to do is really create more of a self-serve product for D2C and SMB brands that are looking to activate community. So something that we've been busy at is looking back at our roots, having been D2C brand owners and saying, how can I start to build these relationships with my customers, with creatives from day one, as I go out to my go-to-market strategy and I have a target audience in mind, how do I better align with a particular niche or with what my brand represents and build that relationship with those members in order to create that consistency, that loyalty, and that content discovery, which is becoming much so more critical in such a remote world. Mm-hmm. Let's dig a bit into the origin story a bit too, because I think I'm always fascinated. Honestly, I feel I feel so fortunate being in this position, being able to interview founders that are really helping Shopify brands to grow and scale. How do all these pieces come together for Flatlay? Like I know you mentioned you're a D2C brand owner, and you know you see the benefits in social commerce, and maybe it was a purpose built solution for yourself. But then over time, I just was curious about the desire and the expertise around all of it, and why you're releasing this out into the world. Yeah, thanks for asking. I appreciate that. So back in 2010, I had fresher legs at the time, but I I ambitiously had a side hustle to start a denim business. And so we were doing a direct-to-consumer brand, high-end Japanese denim, and we were at over 50 boutiques nationwide on consignment, along with a number of powerhouse department stores when those were still a thing (laughs) in respect to the fact of, you know, going and doing in-store shopping. But because of the timing and market, it was really the recession and our price point was incredibly high. We were over $300 for consumer retail. And when people were, you know, really struggling to even consider, you know, like a $70 or $80 price point pair of pants, we weren't on their radar. And so what we had was a Shopify storefront at the time, so early days, and we had a return order of about 400 units. And so out the gate, that was about $60,000, $70,000 worth of goods 
that were back in the warehouse. And so the team and I circled together, asked one another, like, what's a great way for us to build awareness and drive traffic to our online store, which had much higher margins, right? So selling direct to consumer for us was much, much more effective. And so what we ended up doing was finding content creators online on Instagram and Pinterest at the time, sending in the product as a barter exchange to link back to our Shopify store. And we ended up liquidating out of everything within 60 days. And so that was my aha moment, having bootstrapped a brand and a denim brand of all things, which is like one of the most expensive products to create, especially when it's made in the US. It was a huge eye-opening learning experience, but it was early days of kind of the social sphere around how is commerce conducted and how do you build loyalty? How is a brand going out to market? And D2C was not the buzzword that it is today. And so it's been really interesting to see that evolution. And we saw that looking back in foresight as as something where the industry will move towards. And having that direct-to-consumer relationship will be ever more critical, whether it's a large brand or small brand. But it did take some time for the market to catch up to that vision. I want to talk a little bit about just social commerce in general, because I deal with quite a few brands as part of my day-to-day at Shopify. And Facebook obviously comes up as, you know, 800 pound gorilla instagram certainly for fashion brands is just unnecessary you have to be there it's just not an option there's other social networks obviously tiktok and snap and pinterest has been around for a long time and there's a few others that are emerging and so i'm just curious from your perspective like your platform and these creators that are creating you know these sort of campaigns and helping these dc brands is it just for the most popular social channels or are there other ways of utilizing your platform more than just outside of facebook and instagram Yeah, I think that's a great question. When you look at social commerce overall, there's multiple facets of what social commerce is defined as, right? You have live stream shopping, you have group buying, you have conversational commerce where, you know, somebody can like DM you directly on one of your social handles or through a messenger service and ask questions and inquire about a product. There's a lot of different facets of what social commerce entails. Now, when we say user-generated commerce, we're looking at more so as what's inspiring another customer or potential advocate to either discover or learn about your product or possibly have a referral from another person based on their own experience with your product. And when we look at the space, why limit where that lives, right? So all of this infrastructure is being built. Creatives now have better ways to be incentivized to advocate on the behalf of partnerships, brands, collaborations, even you know working with their own audience and their own loyal followers. And so what we're helping in empowering creatives and brands to do is build a community around like-minded individuals that will help to advocate on your behalf and they can distribute that content as a way for them to build mutually aligned incentives with their audiences, with their fans, and to help you as a brand stand up and promote and co-sell with those that align with your beliefs and your ethos. You know what's interesting? And once again, I have to think back to the brands I manage because every month there's some kind of strategy call that I have. Some of these are pretty large brands in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Some are in the $10 million, $5 million range. But 
It's interesting. We talk about, you know, user-generated content. We talk about making sure that you're aligning yourself, exactly what you said, aligning yourself with the right creators that really resonate with the product and the campaign that you're trying to get out into the wild. And it certainly does take the right creative to kind of execute on a campaign correctly. But I'd also argue that sometimes, I believe my wife is guilty of this, but she finds that like every second or third post in Instagram sometimes, even though it's a great discovery engine, after a while, even though she's following some people that are important to her and wants to see what's going on in their lives, when every second or third post is a, I'm going to call it a sponsored post, it seems to be a little bit disingenuous almost. I put my BS meter up big time and she's unfollowed a lot of people, (laughs) right? So I'm just curious from your perspective, because you obviously see this, what's the difference, I guess, or how do you differentiate in the partnership when it comes to real creatives versus maybe sponsored content? That's a great question. Authenticity is 100% top of mind for brands and customers are smart. Don't play them as stupid. And so in respect to what brands ask for or what we experience with the, you know, 800 brands that are leveraging the platform today, they, one, are very, very keen to understand, is there competitive overlap with any other people that this creator may have worked with in the past? And two, it's actually more of a two-way process. The ones that are successful at creating genuine campaigns with true mutual alignment are open to receiving feedback from the creators. It's not a one-way street where they're saying, this is what I want. This is how I want you to hold the product. This is what I want you to write in your hashtag. This is what I want to have as the description. They're not mannequins, right? (laughs) They're people just like the customer is. And so when you can work with your community of creatives and genuinely receive feedback to create something that aligns with what a customer would like to see and the customer kind of envisions themselves as being that creative as well. And you don't limit participation. It's not just restricted to people with a certain threshold of followers over 25,000 or 50,000, which you might see with other platforms. For us, we believe that great creative converts and it can come from anywhere. And so that's something that we've really put at the forefront when we work with brands that are coming onto the platform. We say, look, if you are open to really help mold what a campaign looks like and use the creative audience to engage and receive feedback whether it's on new products you're releasing early before you go to market, whether it's on a new campaign that you're looking to push for back to school or some other holiday promotion, be receptive to constructive feedback. Let them run with it at times. And that's really where we've seen the most success and the brands that work with us have appreciated the platform. Yeah, I love that. And I haven't had a chance to see what the user experience is like from a brand and creator, but so it sounds like there is kind of direct communication available from selecting the right creators as a brand and then communicating like through your platform to just make sure things are fine-tuned. And then over time, you're building a relationship with this creator and, you know, once again, in alignment with their followers and their style, and it all must facilitate themselves from within the flat lane kind of platform. Yeah. I mean, and not to get too deep into the mechanics of it all, because I don't want to bore everyone with technicals, (laughs) but (laughs) just to simplify the workflow system, we basically help brands sign up, import their products, say through Shopify with Flatlay as a sales channel. You can download the app for free as a starter. 
you quickly sync your social channels, say Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or whatever else that you find is the most valuable channel for your audiences. And then you can sync your customer database or a newsletter. And so what that does is it kickstarts our discovery engine. And our discovery engine has more than 2 million creators that we populate and bubble up. But we rank those that have a connection to your brand based on one, are they following you on social already? Two, are they in your customer newsletter or database? And then three, based on an audience or a niche that you're looking to target, say you're interested in health fanatics and people who might be really avid skincare customers, you can go out and get recommendations based upon that. And so we'll bubble those creators to the top and your customers to the top, and you can invite them to participate in campaigns that you can either outline product reviews, you can request content, and all of this comes back into your content repo for you to work with your team. Right. It's interesting. And you talk about like having like 2 million creators on the platform. I can definitely see the merits in with this Shopify connector, one of, I don't know, 12 or 14 sales channels that are available. There's not very many of them. And if you're one of them, there's some big kudos to you for that because it's a very challenging thing to be listed in the admin as a channel. But Having 2 million creators and then, you know, through the API, understanding the order history or newsletter history and these sort of things and finding out if, in fact, people on your network, if, in fact, they're customers, because I would just like I'd hypothesize that if a creator is already a customer, let's say you're, I don't know, you're a shoe brand and you find out that they've actually made a purchase from you. Wow. Okay. I think they're probably going to want to promote you (laughs) as they've already purchased from you. Right. So am I on the right track here? Yeah, so it's a warm connection, right? Let's simplify it to the sense of like, you know, you're a car owner and you own an Audi and you're a huge Audi fan. Well, if Audi reached out to you to say, hey, we're interested in partnering with you. We have a new car coming out. Would you like to test drive it? Take a few shots based on doing so. We'll hook you up with a better lease. Or maybe we'll give you a discount on a new car that's supposed to come out in the future. There's much more of a lean in versus going to somebody who drives a competitor's car and saying like, well, (laughs) I know you have a BMW, but come try an Audi and then we're going to give you X, Y, and Z and then post about that and hashtag that sponsored. And instead of building a relationship with your most loyal customers already, You're going out and you're looking for sponsored posts and it's just an educational process and an evolution of where things will continue to evolve. And content loyalty programs are something that will become just as standard as like a rewards program in our mind for the most successful B2C brands. Those that align themselves with their customers and reward them for their loyalty through content and discovery is going to be something that the best brands understand and will work with us to do so over time. And then from the perspective of the creators, so we're actually able to identify any creator or anybody who has a public social profile because what we're doing is we're, we're kind of matchmaking the information that the brand has through who's following their audience and then helping them make sense of that data. So finding signal from all the noise. We did this for bigger brands that were having tens of thousands of posts every day. And actually that happens with 
Flatlay itself. People are hashtagging and tagging Flatlay content. It's actually a type a name of a type of content where people lay out a collection of products, take an aerial shot from above, Flatlay photography. So we built the marketplace around this user behavior. And so we started to make sense of all the content that was bubbling up identifying it, classifying it, and then allow us to request the rights to use it and leverage it to build more traffic awareness and build the network. And so now we started to harness that power back to brands. Mm, This is awesome. This is very impactful for me. I'm just so excited to get this route into the wild. There's so much opportunity out there. And I think, you know, brands are always trying to find a way. They know the benefits of influencer marketing. It's a topic that's been around for a long time, but it's just doing it in the most authentic way possible. And knowing now that you have like technology to facilitate both the creator and the brand together and create campaigns to drive more revenue. And when we spoke in the green room, we'll chat in a few minutes about some offers for those listening today. But you got to take this platform for a spin because just to see what is available. You don't know what you don't know, but there is merit and benefit with these 2 million creators and how you connect to Shopify. So it's very clear you've kind of put your flag in the sand, so to speak, when it comes to Shopify D2C brands. And so I just want to thank you for that. I do want to make a quick little pivot over and just talk about, you know, this show I mentioned at the top, but we're just kind of rolling into our fifth season right now. And I know there's, I don't know, tens of thousands of founders and there's marketing people that kind of listen to the show each week. And they definitely have a desire to, I don't know, get a, keep a pulse, I guess, on retail and D2C strategies and a lot of topics keep kind of coming up as popular ones like how do I improve efficiencies your platform fits that bill or how do I profitably grow revenue this platform fits that bill or how do I build lifetime customer loyalty well finding the right creator that resonates with your product and creating some you know this is some good evergreen pieces of content they're producing this is interesting to me and so I'm just curious kind of a long-winded question here but from your vantage point what advice could be a strategy or could be a tactic like what would you give advice to brands today or store owners today they're eager to move the needle. They want to grow their business. Here we are in early 2022 right now, or certainly rolling into it. Like, what are you recommending they do? More than just use my platform, yes, but like, what else is going on? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's an incredibly exciting time to launch a DVC brand or have one that's early in market, only because there's so many more powerful things and tools with identifying how to go to market, who to go to market with, and accessibility, right? When I had launched our D2C brand, trade shows were still a thing, right? Like (laughs) I had had to hunt down and beg buyers to do a wholesale order and 100% eat it in the teeth (laughs) when it came to the margins. Whereas today, you can source product, you can produce items and really make the most efficient margins around building loyalty through customers that you're partnering with. And those customers, some are creatives, some may not be, but creating that two-way communication between finding creatives that represent your brand, your ethos, build that relationship early on. They don't have to have a ton of followers. And I want to be able to get what I want, see what I want, when I want it, age, I believe that it's really a great opportunity for you to test out, share what it is you provide that differentiates you from the rest of the brands out there. And 
if people love something, they love to tell other people about it. And this is an opportunity to align yourself with creatives early on, build that consistency and that relationship. And what comes from that will organically create more of a network effect through their audience and their loyalty as they begin to kind of grow and expand out between different channels. And I think if anything was an eye-opener this past two years, three years, we can look at where, you know, Instagram and, and Snapchat, people would think like, oh, another social channel? Do we really need anything <laughs> else? Like, I don't think anything yeah. is going to disrupt this. And musically, aka TikTok comes in and takes the US by storm. And within three years, just like this past week, it was announced like TikTok was actually outranking Google as the number one destination for search. Like, that's insane. The number one site that is being hit on traffic is TikTok in 2021. So that's peer to peer. <laughs> We're talking about people sharing content with one another, not looking at third party publishers necessarily in the traditional aspect. But if that tells you anything and signals anything, peer to peer in 2022 and moving forward and re recommendations, referrals is a massive trend that is only going to better empower D2C brands that take advantage of it. I'd also add to like retail, these aren't exact numbers, but 80% of total GMV, just goods and services that are being sold just around the world, 80% is done kind of in person, 20% is online. It was higher and kind of quote unquote in the midst of the early part of the pandemic where everything was closed. Traditional retail is certainly opening up. So the opportunity is there because you mentioned about saying, hey, you know, if you're an early stage or just starting a DTC brand, you can start a DTC brand today because only 20% of the actual GMV is actually online. And the other 80% is done in store. So the opportunity for people to maybe not go in a store and discover a new brand is very compelling. And the opportunity is there. It was kind of flipped the other way around. If 80% of people were buying most of their things online, then it would be a little more of a tighter fit trying to figure out how you can differentiate. But since it's the other way around, it's very interesting to me. So as I was just thinking as you were speaking. So. Yeah, I think the other beauty of like peer to peer and doing a D2C brand today is that it allows you to quickly ABT test and iterate through new items you're going to market, new marketing kind of campaigns and the way you're positioning, what it is that you're offering and a way for you to hit product market fit faster and make better margins when you own that kind of communication railway directly with your customers. And so it is a different era and a great opportunity for those that are quick to adapt to understanding like this is what customers like this is what they don't like and take it as constructive feedback not as oh well i'm just reaching the wrong market and potentially spending in the wrong directions it's about finding what works and what people want and the reality being is that you have to go out and talk to your customers and social commerce is exactly that you are talking to your customers and creatives that are now as a community working with you to help build your brand and grow across various networks.
products. I'd argue you're very affordable too. I went to your website just this morning before, because I was just curious and kind of how you're pricing the product, <laughs> right? Don't plug us too hard. <laughs> no, no, but it just, it, it, it's just interesting to me because you have this basic free plan, which is a really good starting point, 10 profiles and one custom list and you can run open campaigns, but you know, 100, 200, 300 bucks a month, like it's kind of dirt cheap overall knowing the scale that's available, a potential 2 million creators and how you're connecting to Shopify, importing your product. It's so interesting to me, you know, versus kind of like, you know, getting a slice of the pie for the transaction and kind of being on the upside of the success of campaigns because I think that's where a lot of other platforms work based on just how they work. They want a slice of the upside and you notably have made a decision to not do that versus, you know, charging a flat monthly fee for certain access to a certain amount of tool sets and saved profiles and some creatives. You want to expand a little bit about that just so those listening today understand kind of where they may fit into the matrix of your pricing? Yeah. So the way that we really operate is we want to support brands of all sizes and we want to help you grow and build more of that customer loyalty and social proof over time. And so the way that the model is structured for our SaaS is really we take a look and, and analyze when you connect your social channels in your customer database, we understand like how many people are following you on social, how valuable is social proof to you today? And where do you want to take it? So the basic plan just gets you started to get a sense of like how the platform works. Like what do we offer? How do you run a campaign? How do you identify who your customers are? But when you are ready to take it to that next level, we tier it up accordingly. And so, you know, as you scale out to identifying 100 creatives or 100 customers or 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 or a million, that's actually where our pricing starts to grow with you. And so, yeah, we made a conscientious decision to really focus on more of let's support the growth of the brands, build the consistency of activating communities of customers and creatives. And we, because we actually provide free publishing tools to the creatives to not only upload their content and work on campaigns, but they can curate collections of shoppable items from the merchants who are within our network and some other affiliate feeds that we've also plugged in. So that way they can earn revenue over time. So actually what we do is we request a percentage payout that you're willing to offer the creatives for when they generate a sale, making it very performance-based and aligned with what you're compensating them for in some cases, aside from just flat out for collaborations. But that's where we do with the larger retailers, depending on how custom of an integration we do, where they want the content on their site, on their apps, and they all want it via APIs, which now we're just getting into the enterprise discussion, but <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it back down to you know smaller D 2 C brands, SMBs, and many of the Shopify clients find value in the fact that we actually pass along the affiliate revenue directly to the creatives, so they're encouraged to continually kind of promote and work with the brands they love beyond a one-time collaboration, which gets back to that authenticity. I see. All right, cool. Thanks for sharing that. Just wanted to kind of get some clarity on it. I'm going to make sure at the end of this recording today, I'm going to add it to my demo store and I'm going to go in and have a look and see just to I see like how that it. just, you know, because I think 
having firsthand knowledge, I think is key to understanding kind of how you're doing it. And I wouldn't mind pivoting if you can oblige me for a moment into a story, because I think, you know, there's a lot of people listening to the show. They're like I said, founders and entrepreneurs and marketers. And I believe a story really can educate and inspire people to take action. I mean, that's the key. You've listened for, I don't know, 35 minutes so far. It's like, or 30 minutes. It's like, is there an opportunity as a brand owner today? And I think if you hear a story about others that have kind of like, didn't have the flat lay, somehow found you, implemented it, and then out on the other end, hopefully some kind of success. So hopefully I don't put you on the spot here, but it'd be great if you could kind of maybe share a recent journey, Shopify brand ideally, and kind of what happened just by discovering you and running a campaign and then what happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, glad to walk through one of the scenarios, but we had one of our larger D2C brands. They're on the cusp of becoming kind of like a Shopify plus client, but they're currently just a regular Shopify client. And they were doing a lot of the processes manually between themselves and a partner agency when it came to influencer marketing and trying to drive affiliate sales by listing on like other affiliate programs. And so we had actually gotten introduced to this client through an agency. And so the agency had kind of walked us in and had kind of showcased what we offer when it came to identifying creatives and customers, helping to consolidate the list taking a data-driven approach to identifying who to work with, and then actually providing the full workflow of sourcing the content, requesting edits, approving, disapproving, and then ensuring that they have the rights to use that content and tracking it all the way end to end once the campaign went live. And to see them come back with such a sense of relief with the amount of time they've saved, And the ability to actually track the relationships with those creatives on campaign one, two, three, and four. So they continuously started to like rework with a handful of the same creatives based on who had engaged them. And they could go back and look at the history log of the communication that they had with that creative. Did they email them? Did they DM them? Did they send them a text because they were their customer already? And that was really eye-opening to them when it came to the power that was kind of provided back through the self-serve platform. And it wasn't, you know, eliminating their relationship with the agency. If anything, the agency was like, this is making our lives easier together. If we want to both know what's happening on this campaign, we log into the workflow portal and we can look at, you know, the 2022 upcoming back to school campaign and know what stage we're at based on T minus five days from launch, or maybe we're four days into it and how much traffic are we driving? Who has responded? Who has not responded? And no longer are they like digging into like Google Sheets and parsing things together between like the social media team, asking them to like DM people and then come back and like update the log. This is all unifying that experience. And there was a lot of the processes that we did firsthand while scaling the network on the creator side that we knew this was something that is just impactful to any brand, regardless of size. Curious on the title, retention marketing manager or affiliate manager or influencer marketing manager. I mean, there's so many different titles and stuff. Like who's the perfect person to own the source of truth with your platform? Like, who is this person? Because I want to make sure that person might be listening today. Are there multiple labels to people based on what you've seen? Yeah. So since the self-serve product is in its earlier days, and we're just kind of scaling that out here over the past like six months, we're finding that it lives between two departments. It's the social media team and the affiliate team. 
and bridging those worlds together, right? How are they bringing more of a performance-based approach around their content marketing? And then how are they unifying that as that starts to go out through their media campaigns and their pushes, right? So in some organizations, the social team and the affiliate team are working hand in hand. And in others, the social team and the agency or media buying team are working hand in hand because they're using those assets and then they are running native social paid placements with that creative. So every org is like structured a little bit different, but then with the Shopify merchants, they have to be a Swiss army knife, right? Like (laughs) they're doing everything. And so that's really where the time efficiency comes into play. They may not have a large enough budget to hire an agency where they're putting down a five ten thousand dollar retainer per month and so they want to be able to work with maybe just five to ten creatives a month or maybe it's 20 but then to be able to actually go through the stages of like creating a campaign promoting that out getting other people to participate in it and then be able to track that entire flow um, it's incredibly valuable for a business owner today. I remember there was one brand that I messaged you a couple weeks ago, and I just want to throw this out there to those listening today. I asked you a question. This came from the brand, and they said, hey, you know what? Um, there's a tremendous amount of content that's being produced out on the web right now. This brand is being at-mentioned just for free because they love the product so much. Those are great advocates. There's no exchange of money or affiliate commissions. They're just doing it because they love it, and they want to share it with their friends. Like These are micro nano-influencer type people or just not involved in anything. Just happen to have 500 followers they just want to share it. But this brand was saying, hey, is there any way of us acquiring the rights to the content that's being produced? And is there software to help handle that? And I know that's where you kind of fit in. (laughs) So you want to share some specifics on how that works? (laughs) I appreciate you bringing that up. So I'm going to do a quick plug for another agency that we were close to, which is Roswell Studios out in New York. They work with a ton of amazing Shopify Plus and Shopify clients. And so many of their clients came to us uh, mentioning the same thing. Like we have a ton of mentions, ton of ads. People just love our product right now. I'm not going to directly mention the brand name. Let's just say it's sleep related, right? Very good. And so (laughs) a lot of celebrities are just talking about the brand because they love it. They 100% testify to what the product is and just how well it's working for them. So... What actually we provide within our Discover engine is also a content tab. So it populates and bubbles up any of the app mentions, whether it's a story, whether it's a tagged post, and it helps to categorize that and allow you to request the rights to use that content. So that's something that we did with Flatlet. People were tagging us ads and hashtags, and we basically wanted to figure out a smarter way to build growth across adoption on the creator tools. And so we began to automate the process of requesting the rights to use that content that was already organically being done. That's a feature that we provide to the brands that are working on our paid plans. Lovely. I'm actually going to have Roswell on in a few Amazing. weeks. Amazing. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah that, that's so ironic. How serendipitous. Yeah. I, that was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are a Shopify Plus kind of agency partner, and I think they're a master kind of Clavio partner. And yes. um, they've done a lot of great work over the years and some phenomenal Yeah, shout Shopify. out to Nahara and the team out there. Uh-huh. Um, he's one of the other founders, and they've just done an incredible job and really, really proud of their team. 
It's nice to have agency, like both marketing and development, you know, in UX, UI, CX kind of partners all working kind of in unison just towards the common goal of just helping a brand grow and scale, right? That's kind of where my role, I mean, they joke about MSMs being a unicorn. It's hard to be a unicorn, right? We have to lean on partners like you, like other agency partners, other even platform connectors and things, you know, going out to ERPs and things. Like there's certain legacy things need to be connected to Shopify. But at the end of the day, I think the more you align yourself around the partner ecosystem, play nicely with other people in the ecosystem and warm intros to others in either direction, I think is just a very healthy relationship. No wonder the partner ecosystem is thriving so well in Shopify just because of the open and sharing and just the entrepreneurship and just building a path to more entrepreneurs and just growth in general, right? So it's a pretty phenomenal time to be Absolutely. Yeah, no, completely agree with you. I mean, that's like the essence of why we started Flatlight. It was all about building community, right? Yeah. Bridging the gap between uh-huh. creatives brands and build a community of advocates and loyalists and Shopify and the ecosystem and the partners are very similar to that. And it's amazing to see the network effect take place when you really align yourself well with the ecosystem. And so, yeah, we, we work really closely with a number of like partner agencies and technology platforms. So we have a lot coming out in 2022 that we're excited about to better streamline efficiencies for those Shopify merchants that may be using, say, Gorgeous or Clavio. You know, for us, we see tons of value in bridging that because we're a social marketplace network, right? And we're providing a workflow and a SaaS for brands. But at the same time, we're empowering creatives to essentially build their own eShop and grow with that. And so for us, it's about bringing those two worlds together seamlessly and as much as possible. And so the better that we can empower brands to work hand in hand with their existing marketing stack and layering flatly into that as a sales channel totally aligns with the concept of community and bridging that discovery conversion process. Lovely. So let's talk about the future for Flatlay. I mean, like I said, I've, I learned of you like literally like less than a month ago, um, but I, I, I see <laughs> I see big things on your horizon. And so like, I guess I'm going to call it your North Star, but like what's happening? You mentioned a little bit about what Clavio looks like and Gorgeous. Just curious on just other partner alignment or any innovation. Just end of the day, I just would, nice to share with the audience say about how you're going to continue to offer value and assistance for brands to just increase revenue through the creator economy. Yeah, I appreciate you asking. Thank you. You know, our goal is really to become the go-to service hub for creators and brands that are partnering on any social commerce collaboration. Regardless of social channel, wherever it lives, our goal is to really become that go-to. And beyond that, we're starting to provide different tools and publishing capabilities to the creatives in the new year. So ways for them to have seamless checkout beyond just Shopify, new editing filters for them to have ways to create more impactful content that they start to use our suite of editing tools in order to kind of curate their portfolio. And, you know, aside from that, we're trying to make it as frictionless and automated as possible for brands to better identify creatives and have insights behind the campaigns that they're running. So, you know, for us doing these automations around mentions, reports, and being able to auto-sync their latest products with insights around what's converting and what's not are some of the things that we have rolling out into the new year. Beautiful. So how can people learn more about your solution? Where do you want to send all of the listeners today? 
Yeah, so check us out at flatway.io. And if you're a brand, click on the brands tab and register for free. And then feel free to contact us directly through the portal or email us at support at theflatlay.com and mention the e-commerce fast lane podcast in the title. And we'd be happy to hook you up, set you up with a demo and put you on one of the paid trial tiers to convince you of our value. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. I know we chat in the green room about this, but I think that's the key for today is just like, you know, social commerce is just growing. I think literally it has infancy right now. I just, I see what the work that Shopify is doing, aligning themselves with ShopPay and uh, the ShopPay installments. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now, buying from within. I mean, I think even you can buy within Google now, like physically in Google, on mm-hmm, Google.com. Mm-hmm. You can check out within Shopify. It's like, it's so interesting, all the things that are going on. And so knowing that social commerce is not going away. And so like, I implore those listening today, check out the flat lay. I'll make sure the show notes are updated with all these links and stuff, but support at theflatlay.com. I appreciate that 30 day trial. It'll leave you an opportunity to get under the hood and just actually just see it because, you know, don't just fluff this podcast off and say, okay, yeah, yeah, great conversation. Awesome. Not for me. No, no, no. At least try it out and have a look to see what it is and align yourself. Just see, just see what's going on because there's opportunity. There's over 2 million creators in there. There's opportunity in there that there's ways of building a community and relationship with the existing and growing community. And you just don't know, they may be one of your customers already. And it only takes a couple, two or three of them to produce some content and create a campaign around it. And all of a sudden, wow, okay, you've had some incremental revenue of five or $10,000 or $20,000. Like so interesting that the opportunity is there. I'm just telling you, please go and do it because the opportunity is there. So I don't want to complain too much, but. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's it's really impactful to see when brands are like, oh, wow, we had no idea that this creator who has 120,000, 150,000 followers in some cases, or others are a huge fan of our products. Like, why didn't we reach out to that person? Well, that's, it's just a data play that we're, we're helping to, you know, minimize the friction in that respect. But then when you start to work with them over time, you're building that relationship and you're bringing them into the community. And then their followers are obviously not only like learning about your product or your item and your brand, but they all have like a few degrees of similarity. They're quite probably similar to one another in some respect. So they're probably going to potentially at least take a look and be interested in your item as well and yeah. you're good in your um, brand so a great way to drive awareness for yeah this is lovely well ali i just wanted to i guess i'm going to close off today's podcast but i just wanted to thank you once again middle of the holidays jumping on this recording i just massively appreciate that i also you know you know this already just you know being a shopify partner but you know shopify really is on a mission right now i know those listening say understand this but they really are to make commerce better for everyone and i would even add maybe even to build a path that leads to more entrepreneurs more independent retail i hear you know harley talking a lot about independent retail direct to consumer retail this is where the future is and we're living in it right now and it's very clear flat lays also I think you're in tight alignment with that with you know really wanting to help these brands improving efficiency we talked about in revenue growth and lifetime loyalty through community i think it's just fabulous and just thank you for sharing your knowledge and your vision today and thanks for building this platform thanks for aligning yourself with shopify and i just appreciate this recording and you know once again i wish you tremendous success in 22 and happy holidays you as well happy holidays steve really appreciate the time it was absolute pleasure and excited to keep the partnership rolling shopify has been amazing for us and we only see the continued success and growth of working with one another over time beautiful all right well have yourself a great afternoon bye 
Today's episode is brought to you by Dot Digital. From email marketing to full omnichannel marketing orchestration, Dot Digital transforms your customer insights into personalized marketing campaigns. Learn more about their incredible solution and get started today at dotdigital.com. Well, that's it for today's episode. I'd like to thank you, a loyal listener of e-commerce Fastlane. It's my hope that this podcast is offering you a ton of value through growth strategies, tactics, and exclusive insider tips on the best Shopify apps and marketing platforms, all with my personal goal to help you build, launch, grow, and scale with Shopify. Thanks for investing some time today and listening to the show. I'm so proud and excited that you have a growth mindset and are a constant learner. I truly appreciate you and your entrepreneurial journey. Enjoy the rest of the week and keep thriving with Shopify.